Welcome to the Top 5 Podcast with your hosts, Rail Bricker and Lindsay Adams. Hello, this is Rail Bricker coming to you from Perth, Western Australia. And today, my special guest on the Top 5 Podcast is Fiona Demock, coming from Melbourne in Australia. Welcome, Fiona. Hello, and thank you for having me. So, Fiona, the, the one-sentence description of Fiona is inspirational speaker and resilience coach. And so somebody listening to this episode goes, oh, there's thousands of people like that around. But, but you, you are unique. I mean, you are, you're legally blind, uh, and yet you go out there and motivate other people to overcome adversity. So welcome to the top five. Thank you. So the top five podcast is all about your top five tips for something. And that's something that we're talking about tonight is overcoming adversity. So Fiona, hit me with the first of your top five. First of the top five is overcoming our negative thoughts because we all get caught up in those. And quite often they're the biggest things that will pull us down and keep us stuck where we are in a state that we don't want to be in. And so, I mean, so so how do you do that? I mean, and 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 you having had a, a disability most of your life, you know, in terms of terms of being legally blind. You know, how do you stop those negative thoughts? What do you? What's a practical way listeners can can deal with that? I think sometimes it's really tough to even um, start the process because quite often we're not aware that they're there. So that's the first step: is becoming aware of them. And so actually, just acknowledging the fact that, whoa, hang on, that's not really all that positive. Let's reframe that and think about something differently. And the way that you can do that is actually think about, well, in fact, how true is that? Is that really a a real true consideration of what is going on? Or is it just that little voice going, in an actual fact, it's not the truth. So acknowledging that that thought is there and then actually going, okay, well, if it's not true, then I can just say, okay, thanks for visiting, you're not true, I'll ignore you and think about something else. And so it might be those thoughts of I'm not good enough or I'm going to fail or everything is always going wrong or I'm going to be late and I don't have enough time, any of those things. And we'll find that we tend to have the same things over and over again and quite often they've been created in our childhood or from an experience that has created those thought patterns. And so sometimes it is really, really hard to change them, but just to start acknowledging them and going, okay, yep, you're not serving me. You can go away now. And the more you do that, the less they will appear. So, so I mean, a lot of people call that, you know, imposter syndrome, you know, hmm. in, in a broader sense. Is that what you'd kind of look at it or just more basic and grainy as just negative thoughts? Just sort of even just the, like, yeah, negative thoughts. And, and scientific research has been done on something like, um, you know, I think it's, it's we have about 100,000 thoughts a day and only 20% of them fall into the positive range. The rest of them are either, either neutral or negative. So when you think 80% of your time, you know, when we all say, oh, we don't talk to ourselves, we don't have those voices in our heads, that's for crazy people, you're doing it all of the time. Those thoughts are always there. And so it's actually drawing them out of that subconscious level and making them conscious and acknowledging them 
and then actually realizing how valuable they are to you or not. Okay, so I'm just going to banish those negative thoughts that are sitting on my shoulder right now and move on to the second of your top five. Which is being grateful, grateful for the things that we have. And no matter how dark and doomy your life seems to be in any moment in time, and look, we've all got those times where we've experienced maybe it's grief, loss, you know, financial difficulties, loss of a job, you know, there's always dramas knocking at our door. And we've always got the opportunity to be grateful for something that's going right in life. And it might just be that you get to watch your favourite show on television. It might be that, um, I don't know, like you get to pat your cat. It might be that the sun was shining today and you spent five minutes outside. Just the smallest little thing to be grateful for that and focus on Some people do this as an activity every morning or every evening just to really sort of start or finish their day in a positive um, mindset, but just to actually be able to go, okay, yep, although there's lots of bad stuff happening, there is still good things as well. Okay, and I noticed you mentioned the sun, but that's because you live in Melbourne because, it, you know, it it doesn't always make an appearance in Melbourne. It doesn't. and being grateful, I mean, should we be in the habit, like, you know, as you said, a number of people, you know, have this, you know, 10 minutes of, of being grateful in the morning and 10 minutes of being grateful in the evening, or, or do we just have to build it into, as you say, what's working for us now and just acknowledge yeah. things that are good during our yeah. day and during yeah, our life? absolutely. Because sometimes, I mean, sometimes it works for people to actually take that really set specific time to do it and it's kind of like you know okay well while I'm brushing my teeth or doing whatever you know you're already sort of in a bit of a a sort of a static state anyway so let's use that time to be thinking about something useful rather than just peering into the mirror Um, so it might might work in a a theory of doing that or it might be like you said just sort of you know oh okay that's really cool I'm really enjoying myself in this moment so being mindful of those moments in time sometimes is is what works for people as well and it's it's like anything in life you've got to work out what those um you know those little specific things are that that tick your box and we'll get to one of those more specific examples of that a little bit later on but um yeah I think you know finding out what works for you was the most important thing and whether that sort of is is that you know daily activity or whether it's a spontaneous activity you know whatever works so so that leads us on to your third point which is you know and and as you sent it to me you know being aware of your talent Mm. so so you know talk me through that all of us have got talents and often we get so caught up in the everyday stuff that we don't spend the time you know, really experiencing those talents and unique gifts. It might be that you're a fantastic friend, a great listener. You know, you might be creative. You might, um, you know, be a fantastic drawer or someone that writes poetry or, um, you know, maybe does pottery or maybe a dancer, like (laughs) millions and lots of different weird opportunities of different talents that people have. And quite often we get so caught up in that, you know, feed the dog, you know, take the kids to school, go to work. And at the end of the time, I guess, you know, 
people think about it as a legacy, I guess. So, you know, what do we want to be thought about later on? And do you want to be thought of the person that was really fantastic at making little sketches or the person that could always make people laugh at the dinner party? Or do you want to be the person that was, was you know, the person that was remembered for being at work, you know, 60 hours a week and always tired and grumpy and, and you know, they might have been the CEO, but is that the legacy that you want to leave behind? And to really be mindful about what you are putting into your time and what you're contributing to the world because, you know, sometimes what we do on our everyday basis isn't really tapping into those unique gifts and talents and we've all got them but we often forget to use them. And you'll find yeah. that as a child generally you did or as a young adult when you had less what we call responsibilities in inverted commas, um, you know, it was easier to tap into those things but we often just take them and go, okay, no, I need to be thinking about serious responsible stuff now and people tend to let them go. I mean, as a, as a boss, you know, I love it when, when, when my staff work hard. But it's interesting. I actually had an incident last weekend where a staff member sent me an email on a Saturday afternoon. And, and I, it wasn't, it, 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 I didn't expect that. And I actually picked up the phone and called her and I said, what? And I may have been a bit more dramatic, but I said, what the hell are you doing working on a Saturday afternoon? You know, get away from your computer mm. now. And she said, oh, but, you know, I, I need to do this work because I'm going away on holidays, whatever. And, and I said, I don't want you to do it on a weekend mm. because I very much believe in she needed to be doing her stuff, her unique stuff. And she does a lot of stuff that she offers the world in her, in her unique talent. And so I didn't want her to be waking up at 3 o'clock in the morning, you know, worrying about work. Mm. Because, you know, it's a bit morbid, but, you know, what, what do you want people to say at your funeral, yeah? Like it's it's that that legacy that you're leaving behind. It's like, okay, well, you know, I want to I want to enjoy life. I want to live life with no regrets. I want to do the things that I love, the things that I'm passionate about, the things that, that do make me smile. And, well, you know, sometimes that might be work, you know. It's not necessarily mm. always not going to be work, but just to remember to tap into whatever those things are. There's a book that's been written that we've used for a number of the leadership seminars that I run. And the book is written by some nurses who worked in palliative care. And it's their interviews with people in palliative care. And so end stage of, mm. of, of disease. And no one regretted not spending more hours in the office. <laughs> okay. They regretted, you know, you know, not seeing the grandchildren enough or the children enough mm. or or doing that 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 and 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 that's um you know that's quite amazing that that you know not to expect it but you know when you see it written and you go mm. people need to take more time with that you know and i think we get so caught up in that i'm busy i'm busy i'm busy kind of mentality and you know i often as as a um as a coach i stop people and i say hey hang on no what you know, you, you say that you're too busy to keep on doing all of these extra things that you want to do. What are you actually busy doing? And what is the value of that busyness? And, you know, you find, okay, well, you actually get them to write down a bit of a, a list of how they're spending their time. And it might be that they've just wasted an hour on social media and three hours watching some, you know, something on Netflix or something that they weren't even particularly interested in. 
And it's like, okay, well, there's now four hours of your day that you can go and do something that is much more valuable with your time. And then you're actually not going to feel so busy because you're utilizing your time doing those things that are fulfilling that that you need to to follow that unique gift and talent. There's a great speaker friend of mine uh, based out of Melbourne, um, and he talks about going for the win, and win means what's important now. Mm. You know, and so it's a anyway. Moving on to the fourth of your points, um, you know, what is that? So always having a bit of a plan and a goal, and it doesn't mean that you have to know exactly what you're going to do for every moment for the next five years, but I think having having an overall goal, something to work towards, I think especially when we're sort of stuck in that moment of not knowing where to go next or we're sort of facing that hurdle of, of something difficult, I think having an end goal and going, okay, well, you know, ideally at the end of this I'd like to be achieving something. And sometimes people work really well in in developing that goal and working towards it. And sometimes it's going, okay, well, the goal is, I don't know, let's say I want to have a, a brand new house in the nice suburb. Okay, well, what do I need to do to have achieved that? And so then working backwards and saying, okay, well, I need to choose the suburb that I want to live in. I need to have the money to, to you know, to do the house. And so all of the things that have fallen into place to have actually, you know, achieved that goal. So sometimes people work really toward, like, well going towards the goal and sometimes people need to have the goal in sight and then think about all the things that needed to be in place to actually get there. But either way, having a goal so you can future focus because I think so often we get so caught up in the past and you can't change the past, yeah, it's gone. Like it's done and dusted. And, you know, we may not like the results of whatever it was that occurred and, you know, we do have the ability to change our thinking about that, but the actions and the behaviours of what has occurred have now passed. And so to have that really forward focus, and that's a lot about what coaching is about, is keeping that forward focus instead of thinking about all the things that have happened and how miserable that's made you feel actually going, okay, well, that's part of who I am now. That's my identity. That's my experience. I'm going to use that experience and I'm going to turn it into something else and start thinking about the future. Okay. And, and early on today, you mentioned something about mindset. Well, how does that relate to the fifth of your five tips for overcoming adversity? So knowing what it is that's going to get you to settle with that positive mindset. And so once again, as I mentioned before, we've all got that ability to fall into that little trap of, of getting stuck and feeling miserable and, and not knowing, sort of, you know, being able to see the light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. And so for each of us, there will be something different. And what works for you on one occasion might not work on the next occasion. So sometimes you've got to have a bit of a toolkit to go, go with, but it's actually saying, okay, well, what are the things that are going to get me out of this rut? What are the things that I can do? And it might be that you've got a supportive friend that you know you can always call. It might be that you take your dog for a walk. It might be that you can go and exercise, listen to your favourite music, go for a run, um, watch a favourite movie, you know, maybe, maybe watch a funny comedian that you like. Whatever it happens to be, find that thing that you can go to when you're feeling miserable and 
you know, as I said, it might not always be be the time or the place to do it. So you might need to have plan A and plan B and plan C because, of course, if you're feeling miserable at 3 o'clock in the morning, probably don't want to be phoning your friends because maybe they're going to be not feeling so happy with you by the time you finish doing that either. So I think it's it's having that that list of things that work for you. It might be for some people meditation, might be just even just having a shower and thinking about all your worries going down the drain hole. Whatever it happens to be, finding those things that work and then being able to tap into them. Yeah, no, that's a fantastic list. And, and, and in the email you sent me, and I have to read it verbatim because you finished off the five tips with a sentence that said, we all need adversity. And a lot of people spend their whole life trying to avoid adversity, but but you explained it. You said the road with no bumps would be boring and you'd never realize the highs if you didn't experience the lows. And so, you know, I that was a, a great conversation about overcoming adversity, something you've obviously lived and breathed in your life. And, mm-hmm. and so to, to summarize those top five, very quickly is the first is to stop the negative thoughts second is being grateful for what's working for you now the third is being aware of your talent your your unique gifts the fourth is having a plan and the fifth is have a go at something that will change your mindset so thank you very much fiona d mark my question is my last question for the day is if people want to contact you as a coach and motivational speaker and a resilience coach and looking for some inspiration, how do they get hold of you? Probably the easiest place would be via my website, which is www.fionadmark.com.au. And the other place at the moment that I'm really trying to fire up a little bit of, um, you know, extra information coming through is Instagram. And there's lots of different angles of my Instagram account. Um, so it's Fiona D. Mark Blind Inspiration. And you get to see a little bit of my everyday life and seeing me do the things that you wouldn't expect a blind person to be doing. A little bit of um, awareness and advocacy. So a little bit of information about um, disability and how you can have some practical tips on, on helping others with disabilities and then some little coaching tips and mindset sort of affirmations and things along the way. So there's a quite a nice mix coming out of Instagram. Well, that's fantastic. And I will always encourage all our listeners to follow every guest that we have. So thank you, Fiona Demock. This is Railbricker signing off for another edition of the Top 5 Podcast.